0: Snape Chat, the voice of the snape Dome, the podcast where we discuss all things Snape, always. us says we dive into the world of the bravest man we ever knew in art, fanfic, meta, and more, obviously. This is Snape-centric with episode 19. we will be joined by Megs, Dan Puff, and special guest Pet Genius as we discuss the moral ambiguities of Snape throughout the Harry Potter series. And of course, we have some wrecks for you as well. Enjoy the show. This is Snape Centric. I'm here with Danny. Hello. Or Dan Puff. That's me. Pet Genius. Hi. And Megs. Hello. And Pet Genius is our special guest today.
1: What an honor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you do such good meta. I was just reading one of your things this morning.
1: Wow. Well, Thanks. uh, I really try because I think there is so much much you can say and and think and be inspired by. It's really nice to be able to contribute. Great. I sure like reading your contributions. (laughs) Thank you.
0: Yeah. Our topic today is the good, the bad, the severus. Or gray, gray, severus, snape. (laughs)
2: <laughs> i love it <laughs> our morally gray king
3: mm-hmm.
0: yes i mean that was a lot of the appeal to me was was he good or was he bad you know the questions mm-hmm. and even now there's still things that you can not really know for sure
2: he's not a character you can really stick in a box oh, No, no
1: no it's like he's moving between boxes all the time mm-hmm. yeah
3: <laughs> you can put him in a box but he'll crawl into another one <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. all different shapes colors you know all <laughs> the- <laughs> various. a chameleon mm-hmm. yeah
0: I wasn't sure how to go about this necessarily first I started with sort of a timeline and then because I'm such a geek I made a spreadsheet <laughs>
3: listeners it's a gorgeous spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I opened this and I was like wow this really gets <laughs> into it so
0: <laughs> well I went ahead and made some judgments but I want to know what everybody else thinks too
2: mm-hmm. yeah, some of these you can definitely move around or there can be good uh, conversation about where they would actually yes. fall into Yes.
1: I can't actually see anything.
2: Oh, that's right.
0: You're outside. Well, we'll talk about each event and mm-hmm. and whether it's good, bad, gray, or not applicable.
1: Yeah. I think in my mind, I see him as having two arcs. I see a corruption arc and a redemption arc.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, very so, good.
1: So the corruption arc ends or it culminates right before the story begins and then it's a redemption arc but then it's undeniable to me that both of these things happen like like he i think it it ended up being good but the bad had to happen for the good to be possible and Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that the bad happened also and that i'm not sure you can ever right make it you know undo it but but I definitely think that it's possible to, if not undo what you did, then you can, you know, save your soul. And I think the narrative really pushes the idea that, you know, that the person himself died a good man or, you know, lived a good man or, you know, survived the war a good man. Yeah.
2: You can't really take the bad things away because they happened and they exist, but everyone does bad things. No one is perfect. And it's like you said, the end result. What did those bad things do, uh, did they outweigh all of the good he did? And, you know, nothing's really simple. It's not so simple to say he did some bad things, so he's a bad person. That's not really how it works.
1: I mean, like, and a lot of it is that we really don't know how bad he got he was a full-fledged servant of the dark. Uh, you, you can assume whatever you want, and I think that's a good thing, but then, and, and then people will argue based on what they are assuming, maybe without even knowing that they're making an assumption, like they're just assuming that if you want to get the margin, you have to commit a murder, and then what is it?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. That's not
1: canon, but a lot of mm-hmm. people will just say it. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So then it, it colors your judgment, and I wrote something about it where I tried to establish that as a death eater, he was still very averse uh, to violence, from what little we know.
0: Yeah, we do get that.
1: And Claire Jordan, uh, aka Whitehound, is like the meta goddess of the old days. Uh, she wrote that it effectively proves that at, at the core, he's a good man. Even then was a good man because he had motive means and opportunity and, and it would have been encouraged to be violent. And yet we don't actually. Have any evidence of anything violent, but then we can't prove that he didn't prove poisons that were used to kill and that he didn't know about it. I mean, you can't whitewash him all the way either.
0: Right. Yes. Yes. So true.
1: So, I mean, you have to acknowledge that there is just a lot that we are never going to know. And, and it's fine, you know, to, to have your opinion and your guesses. Wow. I'm really monopolizing the conversation. No, it's okay. Oh, no, no, it's no, fascinating.
0: Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Please continue. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but just I see, I think that I really, my preferred view is that it's better, the, the worse you assume that he was, you know, within, unless you assume that he was like a cartoonishly evil guy who killed the innocents for fun, because that has been refuted outright, in my opinion. But the more the corruption runs deeper, then the, the redemption shines. hmm hmm For sure. Yeah. So that is my view of it that you know the good comes with the bad Mm
0: -hmm. yeah you
1: can't separate them with this guy no I think another
2: interesting thing to think about is that with the Death Eaters is that they're not cartoon villains really like Voldemort was preaching a purpose and they probably thought they were doing what was right they weren't sitting there rubbing their hands together like wah-ha-ha-ha ha, ha. Yeah. Like, they weren't doing that so it's it, like not that anything he did was right but it is different to think about him doing things however extreme you think he was doing them thinking he was doing the right thing that's also something you kind of have to think about is that people are not so simple a lot of people are not out there doing terrible things, thinking they're terrible people, they're doing terrible things thinking they're doing what's right.
1: Yeah, yeah. definitely. I really think it says a lot that you have Umbridge being able to pass the Patronus spell and it's because she does something she believes in. Mm-hmm. Yes. So in her mind, that's the right thing. And Belladrix is an ideologue. She believes in that. She's willing to do time for that. And then Lucius, I think, is just an opportunistic person that...
3: yeah. Can- mm-hmm.
1: I think Lucius and Pettigrew—they were just going where the power was.
3: I agree.
0: With Severus, it was perhaps well. One of our previous guests said that he was probably love bombed—that when he went joined the Death Eaters, that he just got so much positive attention it overwhelmed him.
1: Yeah.
2: So you're looking at this these are my friends. This is my family. These are the people that welcomed me, the people that treat me well, the people that respect me. So it's also like, one, is it an issue of I'm doing the right thing because this is what I think is right. And then also I'm doing this because this is my family and I'm sticking with them and I'm supporting them because that's what family does.
3: Yeah. And if I don't support them, I lose them and I have no one. So Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think that he really had a target on his back, especially from the moment Dumbledore covered up the quote-unquote prank. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: And I know that if it were me, then anybody who had made an enemy out of the person who did that to me, I would have allied with like that. Absolutely. Especially as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And I guess probably now even. So it's just such a tragedy and such a shame that it had to come to 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 really design, to to understand.
2: So do we want to look back at where Severus came from to have a better look at where he ended up?
0: Yeah. If you don't mind, go back to the spreadsheet or whatever. So one of the first things that we see is him watching the girls greedily, Lily and Petunia, while he's watching them play. And I've said before, I hate that word. (laughs) And the fact she uses it twice is really, I mean, what, what does that mean? I, greedily. Greedily. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. What, what does it mean even it's, and it's funny, uh, farther along Petunia says something with longing and isn't it the same thing, really? I mean, he's not like, I'm going to collect this woman or this girl yeah. or
2: whatever. <laughs> I
1: think it's more like envy, I, 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 doesn't, doesn't Harry look at uh, somebody greedily? Like, I think his mother. Oh, oh, yes. Right. Like, can't get it,
3: can't get enough of it. Like, is, is, is taking it all in as quickly as he can. Like, cause he'd never seen her before. I
1: mean, it's a child looking at somebody that, that has magic that he has never seen. Yeah. That could be his friend.
3: Yeah. I think like Danny had said, like, it's kind of like, yeah, looking at something that kind of enamors you as well as like you're envious of. Like, he's seeing. Yeah, like was said possibly a future friend slash someone who's well cared for and has a sibling and there's a lot of opportunities for severus to be you know envious or jealous or to want to be a part of that image you know what i mean
2: yeah i think it's a very complicated thing if, especially if you're looking at like where he came from like he doesn't live in a great area he comes from poverty he comes from neglect and abuse Arguably, and all of these things, and he sees these girls playing, and it's like, oh, they're a family, they're playing, you know, they're probably, you know, dressed better. It's just like a view at a different life that looks nice and looks like something he might want to have, but then also in a way, like being attracted to it not necessarily you know sexually attracted but just something is drawing him in like i want to be part of this so for me the word greedily is just sort of like a mix of things but it just sort of speaks to the degree of intensity with which he's feeling like something about that scene like captures him and draws him in yeah
3: it's on the on the edge of desperation like wanting something so much and taking something in so intensely yeah
1: Definitely. What if he was greedy about, you know, the magic itself? What if he wanted to learn how how she was doing that? I, just because, I mean, I don't want to say that children can or can't be evil, because I don't personally think so. But I just, you know, the nine-year-old child, I mean, definitely the standards aren't the same. And it's mm-hmm. not like you see young Tom Riddle and you see that's an evil child. I mean, that's obviously an evil child. He enjoyed hurting people.
0: Yeah, so that's a different thing. Oh, that's what I wanted to say, that antis tend to look at that word and think that, you know, little Snape is like, Wah, uh, I'm going to collect those girls and blah. Uh, that, that's,
1: that's just, you know, that's
3: creepy. Corrupt and blah, 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 Yeah. That is creepy. It's creepy of them to even think yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wasn't salivating at the mouth. Like, he wasn't, like, it wasn't anything like that. It's just, it
2: just, you know. But they gave- they want to paint him in a creepy light, like that's what they want. So it's kind of picking it apart and making it into more.
1: I mean, if a fucking child is, I'm sorry, I will not curse because this is going no. to be <laughs> okay. But if a child, <laughs> if a child is being inappropriate, that's a warning sign. That's not something wrong with the child, even if he I don't know, touching himself in this scene in their imagination. That is an abused child. That I mean, the, like the they attribute so much agency to somebody has not a lot, to be honest, and this is from the same crowd, where they look at the way he treats much older students and they say they're innocent children. I mean, they are not. What? I mean, that's a child in the second or third or, or you know, or fourth grade. That's, that's pretty few business. What the hell? Even if he's not...
2: Doing anything in this scene, he's watching them.
1: It's really talking to to what is in their minds, so not into what is in the scene.
2: And for me, it's like who doesn't feel greed? Like it might be to different degrees, but we're all human. We all have parts of us that want things or different or more or yeah, like feel things. Even if you want to paint them in a bad light, like no one's perfect, but he's not doing anything (laughs) he's not actually going forward and collecting them that's not what he did he didn't go snatch these girls and run off with them Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so true i put it in the non-applicable area because i don't think it's good bad or gray yeah just yeah
1: that's not yeah it's nothing yeah
0: yeah it's just a kid okay then he befriended lily and taught her about magic i think that was good it's not really
2: yeah that's Friendship, it's learning, like those are good things. college sharing, yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's that's not a big thing to have a lot of discussion about, really. But then he made the branch fall on Petunia. Well, he he may have,
3: mm-hmm.
0: or was it wild? Mag- or not wild magic? What do they call it? Uncontrolled magic. I mean, you look at what Harry does at the zoo. Was that any better than?
3: or blowing up his aunt, you know, it just he got emotional and upset and something happened, you know, like, not that it was like an intention to do that. It's just, they're young and can't control their magic and it flashes out. And so it just happened to be that way. And unfortunately, made it look really bad. (laughs) And that you know, and of course, all Severus could do was just be like, I didn't mean to do it. And of course, Lily's just going to be upset for her sister. And it has to be so hard to be a child unable to control those things and the amount of things that could happen and yeah because you know that that showed like in his household when things would go wrong and how that affected his quality of life you know with his father and whatnot so yeah definitely don't see it as a you know applicable because he didn't have control he has he doesn't have a wand he has no teaching whatsoever
2: i do kind of want to say i could make the case for it being gray because that is coming from something like if he did do it even if it wasn't intentional it was still coming from probably really negative gross emotions he probably wanted you know to get rid of petunia it could have come from a more negative place which you could maybe argue with i wouldn't call it go so far as to call it bad because he didn't intend for that to happen but you could maybe make the argument that it's gray
1: I think that when you're magical, then um, intent and action aren't as separated. I mean, for me to, to drop and for me to hit somebody, I would have to do something. But then when you're a child that you can control it and you want something to happen bad enough, it will happen sometimes. So, I mean, it's, uh, it's like part of the idea behind getting the education is that you have to control it. So I really, I mean, it comes from a bad place. I don't know, maybe it should go under grade. Okay. But it just feels, it mm-hmm. feels weird. To talk about again about a child
0: that's why i said non-applicable but but yeah you and danny do make the argument for gray as well
2: yeah, it's just a way to look at it because but again i don't want it to sound like gray is bad it's not
1: I mean, in as much as you can judge a child who is under the age of criminal liability. As far as I
2: <laughs> but it's more just the idea of like, people are complicated and they're not all good and not all bad and just acknowledging that, you know, he can have these more negative emotions and it's okay for him to not be perfect. It just is what it is.
1: That's all I wanted
2: to say was kind of looking at it in a different light and not kind of just breaking it off almost because it did come from something. It's just not necessarily Bad,
0: right? Okay. He had a lot of disdain for muggles. You know, he would say, Oh, Petunia's just a muggle, so what she says or thinks isn't important.
1: He doesn't say it actually though.
0: Oh, he starts to say it, you're right.
1: If she's just a blank and maybe he realizes that he's about to say something he shouldn't. But I'm sure he has disdain for muggles.
0: Is it that, but most magic people have that?
1: I have disdain for them, and I am them.
0: <laughs> yes, so true.
1: <laughs> I have disdain for wizards too, though.
0: <laughs> Even the Weasleys don't think muggles are so wonderful.
1: I mean, Hagrid talks about muggles like he calls Dudley a great big muggle, or Dudley or Vernon a great muggle like you, or, or something like that. So
3: Yeah, as still as lesser.
1: Okay, that that is so. That that's a bad argument. I also again can't put too much weight on it because why wouldn't he? Every Muggle knows that we see our juniors father.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. So it probably comes from somewhere. You know, when you have bad examples of that, and then especially being a wizard in a household where magic is frowned upon, from what we know. So it's looking at you know his Muggle father who is a jerk, and then is also. Looking at him a certain way and looking at him negatively for being a wizard,
0: mm-hmm.
2: so it can be very you know us against them and like oh well he's against me and he's a muggle so I should be against him and it's just having these bad examples and bad experiences uh can sort of like taint your view of that a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I can just see yeah,
1: I, it's the same way where I, I like to think about Sirius as the reverse of this because I think he's pro muggle out of being a contrarian because he hates his family. So I want to say that this is a good sentiment, but the the source is, it's it's gray. So I put it under gray. And I think I also put, the the, um, you know, the contempt under gray.
2: Yeah, that's that's where I put it. And I kind of look at it as like shades of gray because I'm like, it kind of seems really... Like, it's not good. <laughs> that no. is great, it's <laughs> leaning bad. Like, we can't really argue that that's, like, a good thing. It's an understandable thing, but that doesn't make it right.
3: You could consider it as, like, it may not, because it's a child, it's not necessarily gray behavior in that moment, but it's a precursor to future gray behavior. So, like, it's a foundation of the future gray to come. So that's kind of, that's how I see it.
0: Oh, that's very good okay so yeah i think we can all put that in gray you could think of all of wizard kind being mostly having disdain for muggles as well though so i don't know
1: can you blame them really though
0: (laughs) no (laughs) especially when there's ones like uh well i won't yeah i won't go into politics
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, think, I think a large part of that is just ignorance Yeah, because they're so separated from the muggle world so they just don't understand as much so even people more well-meaning like say Hagrid and the Dursleys do still have that very othering perception of them because they're so separate and there is that ignorance because they're not really part of that world enough to understand it.
1: Mm-hmm. I really, really don't know how it could be different if it's completely, like, not just neutral, but it's encouraged to obliviate them regularly and to just, like, just, these are the people that we can just completely mess with their brains, so we can't have. To warm feelings for them because then we would understand that we are completely violating their rights in a very bad way.
0: Mm-hmm. True. Okay. His friendship with Lily, I think, was a good thing again. He couldn't have been too bad, or she would have dumped him earlier, I think.
2: Yeah. And then you think about, like, he's also in Slytherin, and there's a lot of, like, not that all Slytherins are like that, but especially the people he was hanging around.
1: Why are we assuming that she would have dumped him if he was so bad, by the way?
0: That's, oh, good point, good point.
1: I think she really gave so many mixed signals all the time.
0: I think she was judgmental, and he would have picked up on that.
1: Definitely. So I think the friendship was uh, maybe dysfunctional. I think it was very dysfunctional, but I think both of them wanted it to work, and it was, at least, at least it spoke to their goodness, in my opinion.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: but but for each one of them the incentives were aligned differently and it was sort of doomed in that way Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah so it might not have been perfect but you know i feel like friendship and like a good relationship with other people is generally a good thing and the fact that they were trying to make it work especially being in different houses and the different pressures they might have been under and you know severus being where he is and and around the people that he was being friends with a muggle-born you know she's looking at like his if not friends at least acquaintances like oh you're hanging out with these people you know sort of judging that but aren't they looking at his with lily like you're friends with this muggle-born you know so i think that kind of says something good if even if it's not a per se healthy relationship it is friendship and one they were willing to work for for at least a time
3: yeah, because they had to have been self-aware that there was a risk in it, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, there it wouldn't have been unnoticed by others, and it would be judged by everyone. I mean, obviously, it's like some of the reasons why he's bullied by the Marauders is James's jealousy. So it's like, he's obviously very forthcoming on the fact that it's like, I don't know why you talk to her and vice versa, but yet he does anyway, up until the point where they have to part ways. So it's just, obviously, there was enough, like, love and caring there from both of them to be like, you know what, it's worth it. I can't walk away from this because you've been, like, a pillar of my existence since I was very young, and it'd be hard to remove that. Yes. Uh, His fascination with the dark arts.
1: Neutral, in my opinion. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
0: I I put it at great, because, or, yeah, maybe not applicable. No, but,
1: I mean, it's, I mean, I think that... It's like so unclear what the dark arts are and do with them. I think that I was a bit of a metalhead and so on in high school and children, like the other kids would, like I was an atheist, I confess I was an atheist. And the kids would go, oh, you're a Satan worshiper. And I said, yes, I am, because why not? And yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I, I consider it kind of like in, in that way, maybe, because it's just to be annoying. Mm-hmm. Right. It might be just my projection, but we, we don't know what he was doing with this fascination. Every, everybody should know how to, you know, to know what, what they're up against and why not?
3: Yeah. It, yeah, I could see the dark arts being very in line with a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> metal goth emo culture and all the media that goes around that and i'm like huh i was severus snape in school <laughs> <laughs> well there's also you know fascination with the dark arts
2: does not necessarily mean practicing the dark arts and even practicing the dark arts does not necessarily mean it's actually bad mm-hmm. like there, no it's it's a little it's more complicated than that. It's sort of how you're using them. Like you could use something termed a dark art for good reasons. It's the whole you know.
1: Right. I mean, we see Harry practicing Unforgivable successfully, mm-hmm. and sometimes to good ends even. And and Snape uses you know the Killing Curse to commit euthanasia. So. Yeah. So if he hadn't been fascinated with the dark arts, then Dumbledore's death wouldn't have been painful and humiliating.
3: Yeah, and we know Severus is someone who's really intrigued by knowledge and is very smart. So I could see him being wanting to know more, especially about things that they aren't taught or finding out why certain things aren't taught or like restricted. Because even the restricted sections there, older students can interact with it so it's not like it's necessarily forbidden you just need permission so i feel like part of it could be him wanting to know as much as he could to like have more to offer i guess so mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and also i mean you, you have a very very tiny bit in destiny hollows or crumb goes a lot of people um uh, carved out or the the dwindle mark on tables to be to look cool and i just I have to see it as, you know, the pentagram. Yep. Which yep. is a nothing. It's a nothing. It's...
3: Yep. The anarchy A. <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: It's like you want to be cool and impressive, so you take up underage drinking and you do all kinds of, you know, things that you might not be ready for and it might lead you astray. So it might be that kind of thing, but it's either a warning sign or... Or it's just somebody being curious and maybe above their, or, you know, intellectually above their peers and board. So so I don't know how to, I think, I mean, Scourgeify is not dark, but we see it being used to cause harm. So I just I have to put it as gray or neutral.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Sirius said that he knew more curses when he started school than most seventh years. And that was an excuse for bullying him. Oh, because James hated dark art.
1: Not enough. He didn't hate them enough to not run around with a dark creature every month and endanger people. So, so he hated it when it was the wrong person doing it. I mean, James stole his spells. So how bad could they have been?
2: Right. Right. And again, knowing them doesn't necessitate doesn't necessarily mean he's using them. And even if he's using them, it depends on the context in which it's being used. So, in and of itself, the knowledge and fascination
3: with is not in and of itself bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how how do they know this besides maybe like Severus kind of like boasting about all of his knowledge and trying to build himself up to a degree to, sh- to seem impressive? And it's not like he would have actually done said curses in front of them. Like, I mean, who knows, maybe he doesn't even, and it's just like all hearsay for him to come across as like stronger or badder than what he is, kind of as another like adolescent thing of of that self-preservation or coming off to be something stronger than what you are to like, as like a means of protecting yourself, which it's good or bad. And those might gonna be my thing is like, not even just boasting, but like, what if he did
2: use a curse? to protect himself.
1: Absolutely. My only that it's basically the same thing, and who cares?
0: I think his fascination with the dark arts throughout his life is one of the most interesting things about him.
3: I agree. And I can see that being a reason why he wanted to be the defense teacher so much because I'm sure he could be like, who knows more about this than me? Nobody. (laughs) Like, Not that I'm here to teach these kids how to use it. I'm literally, if we're going to get these kids ready to defend themselves against something they need to understand it and who understands it better lockhart i don't think so (laughs) like i've been studying this since i was born literally (laughs) as soon as my abc book and then i graduated to d for dark arts i
0: mean he does show some some good things about about his knowledge and When Katie Bell was cursed, or when Dumbledore put on the cursed ring, he was able to
3: use that.
2: He was, in fact, who they turned to for those things.
3: That's
1: right. How do you fight against it if you don't know what it is?
3: Right. Yep. Yep. Which then can go back to, oh, we hate Umbridge so much because she's withholding knowledge. It's like, well, then we're going to hate Snape for having all this knowledge that they should have had. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: Okay. So let's, I think we all can pretty much call that gray. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When he laughed at his housemates pranks, actually, there's only one that's stated and it doesn't actually say what happened.
1: I think it was Levy Corpett. It's my pet theory. It's a pet theory, if you will. Oh, (laughs) that's good. Yeah. Because I know that. People assume it was imperious because uh, a multiplayer was associated with it. But the defense that he uses is word for word what Ron uses about Lily Corpus. And I think he would really want to defend his own spell also. And I think Lily looks better if you assume that she is laughing at him because he's getting a taste of his own medicine than because of what is happening per se. It was just a laugh. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. So, in my opinion, I, it's like my preferred interpretation, but then I also, I, I mean, obviously the corpus can be used to commit very heinous deeds as we see the Death Eaters and as we see uh, James doing pretty much the same mm-hmm. thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's like exactly in the middle of the spectrum. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I put it in gray, but a little t- closer to bad, but it is really yeah. not enough information
1: yeah, we can put it under bad because it's definitely not good. And I think that that if he includes this conversation to begin with out of remorse for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, okay, the biggie, becoming a death eater.
2: What about my blood?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, how could I have missed that?
2: <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot to that list. So Oops. <laughs> Maybe,
1: I, I was yes. getting
2: tired. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like <laughs> oh I this could be a two-parter in the end. So yeah, using a spur not good. I think that the remorse was so immediate that I just can't even count it. I know I'm whitewashing, it's terrible, but uh, after he said it he had a chance to run. He was not found, I if I recall. And he didn't. I think he was so shocked by what he said and then to go to the tower where the police slept and say danger again just to apologize. I mean.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm of mind. It was a slur and he shouldn't have used it. It's not
1: good and it's not okay. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. I mean, but that's the worst memory. I mean, okay, the act was bad. It was unquestionably bad.
0: But was it an unforgivable?
1: And it was on his mind. I think it was actually worse that he used it against other people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Which is much harder to forgive since, you know, presumably he was not being assaulted. Wow, well, that was happening. And there is a reason this line is included.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I just think that
2: it's it's unlikely it's the first time he used that word. It slipped out way too easily for it to not be something that was sort of ingrained in his head. So, yeah.
1: I don't know. Lily has it exactly right. There is no reason why she should be any different. If, if anything, then she is the one who, quote-unquote, owes him something as his friend to try harder to protect him. But nobody else deserves this. Nobody deserved this period, but I mean, it's just so hard to like, Why? why would you go around calling people that?
0: Yeah, so I think we can all agree that that was bad. Yeah. However, it was not unforgivable, like, looking over the whole of his life as some antis do.
1: Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that was obviously unforgivable for Lily. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have forgiven it, by the way, I think.
2: Yeah, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that it could have been forgiven even if she might have forgiven it in different circumstances even but I don't think it's for anyone else to say that she should have or shouldn't have forgiven him because that's just like saying telling someone else that their friend used a slur against them and they should or shouldn't forgive them that's not up to you that's up to that person right yeah
1: so that's under bed then
0: yeah yeah definitely okay and then at some point he became a death eater
1: not good (laughs) yeah
3: Yeah. (laughs) that's bad not good definitely (laughs) not ideal
0: (laughs) no that's definitely bad
1: i mean like i can't even put it under gray because whatever you say he wasn't a child
0: yeah yeah not
1: something that you can just say i won't do it again you have to do something to fix it right yep that's bad
0: yeah definitely bad And one thing I I wonder, I'm sure we all do, because there's absolutely no information about what he did as a Death Eater. You know, did he create poisons or, I mean, maybe... He had to outright kill somebody, maybe not.
3: I, I feel like a part of it, what I what I take away is when he first comes in contact with Dumbledore, the amount of loathing and disdain that Dumbledore has for Severus has to come from a point of him having knowledge of some of his behaviors and actions and why he holds over him. Like, do you want to be a better person? Do you want to make changes and do something better than come to my side. I feel like he has knowledge of some of the behaviors or actions or th- had seen things. I mean, being part of the order of that time and and things moving forward, like, I'm sure there were plenty of terrible things that he did. That was just, you know, it's, it's, we can, we can hope for the best, but also like, it's easy to, you know, assume the worst. Like, I feel like Dumbledore wouldn't hate him so, like, it's, it's so you can taste it. Like, you can taste the loathing he has. And I feel like Dumbledore wouldn't hate someone so much if he didn't do completely unforgivable things. And yet he still gives him a chance.
2: I think you could argue that, you know, it's a case of being an assumption. Like, I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility to say he saw a Death Eater and assumed the worst. Like, you're a Death Eater, you do bad things. But also he's Dumbledore, so he probably...
1: It's it's also right.
3: not I'm seeing it from the aspect of Dumbledore knows things and knows everything and, and sees so many things that he would be aware or have heard things.
1: I, I actually don't think I think Dumbledore is projecting heavily.
3: But my other thought is that even if
2: Dumbledore doesn't know for sure, like if there's if you don't want to see it that way, my other thought is that Severus is too useful for Voldemort to not have used him. Yes, right. <laughs> he has too many skills and too much knowledge for that to have not been put to use.
3: Yeah, especially for being a half-blood, like to have been accepted for being a half-blood, even though, you know, we would assume everyone knew that Voldemort himself was one, or even if they didn't, like everyone was so focused on pure-blood culture and yet he was a an asset and a tool and respected by at least some of them, you know?
1: I think that I, I really don't agree with this. I think, I think Voldemort sent him to get a job that he knew was cursed and saw him as disposable and saw him as someone Dumbledore could possibly hire. And Dumbledore's disdain comes from projection or out of the knowledge that Severus would react to that, that, that he would want to impress him or out of the assumption that he's so desperate that he doesn't have to play nice. I really, I mean, the job that he was originally sent to interview for was not potions, And True. to, to send him to that, then it means I don't mind being rid of you in a year. Oh, that is disposable. That is not an invaluable asset.
0: Mm-hmm. That that maybe came later.
1: Later, he became invaluable.
0: But at that time, you're right.
1: And then I do wonder how could Voldemort have forgotten that that the child was cursed and why he didn't. But you know,
0: mm-hmm. maybe he he would have known that.
1: Yeah, he had done it. Yes,
0: he did the curse. Yeah,
1: he had done it. It was his curse. Uh, maybe the assumption was that he would not continue to be the teacher for more than one year anyway because they had made an arrangement that he would become headmaster. So, so I don't, maybe, I don't know, the cur- the terms of the curse weren't, he we thought that they circumvented it with. At the time, it was, it doesn't speak to me that to, to his, you know, involu- invaluability. What is the word?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Invaluability.
1: And then, you know, he came with the prophecy and that made him possibly invaluable.
0: Yes, yes, and that's the next thing on our list is giving the prophecy to Voldemort, and I think we can all say that that was a bad thing.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. If you um, if you look at the consequences, it was a good thing, but that is not how we did people.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, yeah, knowing how things play out later, it's it's different. But at the time, he was not being a good person. I don't know. That's a weird way to say that. Of course, then when he finds finds out that the potters are targeted, he has Voldemort to save Lily or, or to spare her, you know, when he goes and kills the other potters. <laughs> I I can understand that. I don't think it's that he wants them to be killed. He just wants Lily to live.
1: Yeah. But then he immediately goes goes to Dumbledore immediately, though so then Right. I mean you, you can't you can't do anything more than that. What is it is it supposed to say don't kill the child who is going to destroy you? Is he supposed to say don't kill the guy I, I hate and you know, just as a personal favor to me what what's doing? I don't know if if it could have been any different, yeah, and I
2: think in moments where you're like panicking and you're really upset, like you're not sitting there thinking everything through all the way. You're thinking of you know what needs to be done and what your priorities are. and it's even you can make the argument either way, whatever his feelings might have been towards James and Harry, but They weren't the point. It's either you don't care or they just weren't as important as Lily. Like his first thought is that's my friend and I need to protect her, you know? So he's asking Voldemort to spare her. He's asking Dumbledore to protect her. Like she's the priority because he's not doing well. Like all he can really think of is what's most important. And that's what that is.
0: Is yeah. The prospect of her not being in the world anymore. I don't know. Why I put things in such weird ways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then I think if you look at didn't include James and Harry. Like again, I don't think that's necessary. It's not good, but it's I don't know that it's necessarily bad either. Because like I said, you know, they're not the first thing he's thinking of.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: And had he had more time to sit there and really think about it, like he might have come to different conclusions. Like we don't know, but you know, they're in a war and he's panicking, worried about his friend. Like that's what he's thinking about. I don't think it necessarily is bad that he wasn't thinking further than that because you can't really expect someone to be all the way in their
3: right mind in a situation like that. And his empathy at this point has to be kind of skewed based on what his life has been like for, you know, several years and the exposure he's been to. So to have that one ember of a you know, to hold on to that was Lily. Everything else was easy to disregard, I feel. Like, and he, I'm sure he was emotional, so he wasn't really thinking about what he was saying. He was just like, oh, whatever. Like, just just protect her. Like, I don't care. Whatever. Like."
0: I think that Dumbledore put words in his mouth there and made it sound like, oh, yeah, you want them to, guy, right? Definitely. <laughs> it just, just making him feel lower and lower softening him up for the next thing that he did was Dumbledore asks what he will do in return and he says anything.
1: Definitely, it's definitely either protection or manipulation or both in my opinion. And like it's so that we know why he tried to spare Lily. That is a way to cram in information is to tell Lily, um, I'm sorry to tell Harry how come he was the boy who lived and possibly why he resented him all this time because he actually gave him his claim the same.
0: Oh, true. It, mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we need to find out this bit of, infor- bit of information. So this is how we're finding it out. And, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then uh, I don't know. Dumbledore is very Gray himself. And he should be protecting his own people without asking for favor. So
0: Yeah. So what is he
1: saying? I will not protect them if you don't give me something in return? That is disgusting.
0: It is. Yeah. I don't know. The way he played Snape throughout the rest of his life was just it was so severe, I think.
1: But then we, we don't know that Dumbledore wouldn't have protected them, but he also needed, you know, a spy fell into his lap, so he take
0: it. So, yeah, even though that's a great thing for Dumbledore to do, it was still for the greater good, as they say. Okay, so then he becomes a spy for the Order, and basically a double agent, and risking his life, because, you know, if he was found, he would have certainly died a most painful death
2: yeah, for sure. Like undeniably, that's very good. You know, and and for me, even looking at it as like coming to the realization that he was on the wrong side and having to like admit to himself that he was on the wrong side and then making the decision to do better and to actively work to make things right. And in a way that was dangerous. So spying and especially on Voldemort and the Death Eaters, like they're not going to take that lightly. You know, a quick death would be the most he could hope for, but I doubt they would treat a spy so kindly. So it was a big risk. And to do so, like to have to come to that realization and to make those changes so soon and to be so dedicated to making things right it definitely says a lot about who he is as a person to be able to make those changes and do the right thing.
0: Yeah. I wonder how they knew that he would be able to occlude all this from Voldemort. You know, the fact that he was actually working for the other side.
1: Uh, I like to think the Dumbledore taught him, but we really don't know.
0: Oh, Oh, that's good.
1: And I think it's just, you know, Severus is
2: obviously someone who's very skilled and knowledgeable and who seeks knowledge and who seeks power even to an extent. So wanting to, and also looking at it as wanting to be able to defend himself. So it could be very, I like to imagine he's like self-taught, like he was just so determined to do it that he taught himself how to do it. And I don't know, I feel like people knew, even if not everyone knew and appreciated it the right way, they could at least see that he was someone who was hardworking and someone who was determined and who had skills and who had value, even if they were looking at it as a, how can I use this as opposed to just like appreciating everything he can do.
1: I I don't know that Dumbledore necessarily cared if he would live or die. He showed that he doesn't care when he was a child. And then, and then happily enough, it turned out that he is capable, but you know, why, why would, why, why assume that he could? It was just a risk that he took. And it's not even, I mean, it's not even wrong. <laughs> of course it is in a sense, but it's not from the Mudor's point of view. I mean, it's unforgivable. I think that he silenced what Sirius has done, but, but as uh, a general, to have somebody from the other side coming to you.
2: Yeah, they're, they're in war. They kind of need to do all they can.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, lucky enough for us. That he was up to the cat but I don't think anybody knew that he would be.
0: The next is he was a very sarcastic person.
1: I have a conflict of interest here.
0: <laughs> oh, ew,
2: tell us.
1: Yeah, uh, we are all, I, um, I can hear that we are all very sarcastic people, so we can't. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with sarcasm, maybe just the way people take it, but they're, in and of itself, it's not a bad thing.
0: No, I don't think so either.
1: I think what, what what was bad here is not the thing in itself, but that he kind of forgot to, to you know to allow for the fact that he was treating his inferiors the way he treated everybody else. So don't talk to students, ten uh, year olds, eleven year olds, sensitive ones at that in this way. But but then because he treats everyone like this, except the people he's trying to like, that is. He tricks and Voldemort there. He's never sarcastic with them, but and then he treats—he's sarcastic with Dumbledore. He's sarcastic with Tonks. He's sarcastic with his equals. But then, when you have people under you, you need to—you know—you you can't assume they will be okay with it,
2: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess it's less that the sort like the fact that he is a sarcastic person is not necessarily wrong, but perhaps the means by which he is using that sarcasm that is a little more questionable.
0: Yeah. And I actually broke it down a little bit too, but, um, okay. First I said, he come across to me as a hard ass teacher or what, what I would have thought of as one, one that could get salty with you. But if you worked hard, they would, I don't know, just be a great resource.
2: Yeah. I think that's kind of depends. Um, I think, you know, being a little strict isn't necessarily bad, but I guess maybe the level to which you are could be problematic, especially taking into account that different students are going to have different needs and not everyone is going to meet your standards, not because of a lack within them, but because they're just not at that level
1: where you want
2: them to be. So, But he did
1: lower his expectations when he got. The defense job. Suddenly, everybody could take the class. So I think that the elitism is warranted here because he got a lot of students through the class, and a lot of students maybe wanted to learn with him. So okay, not specifically Neville or Harry, but Hermione seemed to esteem him, and, and a lot of other. I think uh, Ernie, what's the name of the student who said that the lesson was good? So mm-hmm. yeah. So you, you can't be a good teacher for everyone. And, and that's it. I mean, we don't know how many people didn't like so vulnerable.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, I mean, we say again and again, we get these books from Harry's point of view. So Harry's going to skew things to be whatever his experience is. So.
1: I, I have a bit of a controversial opinion that objectively Snake is the best teacher at school. And I could go on, but it will take forever.
0: <laughs> but
1: he's the only one who does anything to keep anyone alive so that's the bar
0: so true that's
1: the bar if that's the bar, <laughs> that's the bar. <laughs> that's the bar then, then I don't care about anything else and it, it's weird to I mean Harry assumes that the Snape is this or that because he assumes that Snape wants him to die and still serve Voldemort so, so he's just incorrect he's factually wrong yes and, and it doesn't take away from that he treated Harry very poorly and that's wrong I mean, I, I don't... It's just you don't do that. But but whatever, I mean, not all of the evil that Harry assumes is there is actually there.
0: Yeah, there's so many times that he...
1: I don't know. I, like, I can't... It's just the way he's intended, I'm sure he's intended as overly strict and petty and as a critique of education or something like that. But the execution is not, I think, what the author intended, in my opinion. So... I think for the plot to work he has to be the only one who is keeping anyone alive and then also bad but then you just have to kind of be okay with it that the go is neglectful and very punitive and the token is keeping vital information secrets out of, you know, whatever motivation he has. So because of, of the gap between the intent and the execution it's a bit problematic, but I can say that treatment of Harry is wrong and as for the strictness itself, it's whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's kinda of neutral myself, but anyway. Um It's making me laugh, so that's good. Yeah. <laughs> but he 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 became Neville's boggart. Isn't that a horrible mm-hmm. thing? And he no. killed Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> Oh, Megs! I don't know if you've heard of the latest ship, Snever. <laughs> Snever. Oh,
3: I've yeah, long, long, yeah, long ago. Oh, okay. We love yeah. Snever. <laughs> yeah, never. I, anytime I see Snever fan art, I'm just like this does everything <laughs> for my soul right now. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely wonderful and ridiculous, and it's just, just yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> we love
1: Snever. Yeah. Yes,
0: I think it's especially with Neville, because he's he's being unsafe in his class, that that's a reason for him to come down on him. So I put it as gray.
3: The only issue I have with that, just because of the person that I am and how I feel about animals, (laughs) I don't see any, there's any reason why he would, even as a a means of motivation to say like, oh, you better do this antidote, right? Otherwise I'm going to poison your pet, something that you have an emotional and love connection to that puts you through all this stress of trying to save it. And if not for Hermione's help, Snape like sees it and knows that Hermione's helping and like gives her the stink eye. And if she hadn't helped, Trevor would have died.
1: Not necessarily. He would have been poisoned.
3: He probably had antidote.
1: And he had the antidote in his
2: pocket. But Yeah, but he can't have known how he would have reacted had the potion
1: But he knew what the ingredients were, and he knew the mistake that he made originally. I mean, to assume that he would have killed an animal—well,
3: it's also assuming that he would save it. So that's so that's just—we can disagree all we want in (laughs) this. And just
1: canonically, he saved it. But you know, tadpoles can't live without water, and he brought him back. That is a fact. I mean, we just—we have. There is more to argue that he would save the, the fucking thing than that he wouldn't.
2: Well, I would argue that even if, whether he would or wouldn't have actually have done it, I think threatening to do it is pretty bad. Like, imagine your teacher threatening to run over your dog if you don't turn in your homework, like, that's <laughs> yeah, not it. Yeah, don't
1: a- bring it to class.
0: Yeah, don't bring your dog to school. I guess we know why Trevor was in that classroom, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: he was. he was <laughs> going for Snape. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, look, it's not a good deed, but we can, you know, it's not as bad as people make it out to be.
0: Yeah, I I put it as gray, but, you know. Agree to disagree. You're going to say bad. Yeah, I say bad. That's all right.
1: No, but it's bad, but it's just not, you know, systematic animal abuse.
0: Okay, enough enough of Neville and Trevor. He insulted Hermione and hurt her feelings. It's good for us because it's funny to see him say these sarcastic things. I don't think it was good for her.
1: I have um it's it's of all the things of all the things that I think this is so over the top outrageous outrageous and I'm sorry I keep keep talking over everyone but this is so obvious on a reread that that this is an act. That this is the one I, I really can't. I mean, I think does things with much less the, the slithering kids are watching him, and and he knows that the dark mark is already appearing on his arm, and he knows that he has to thank his relationship with Harry by the end of the year, or he would be called to summon him.
0: Right.
1: As you, as as literally happens with Barty Crouch. This is literally the plot of the book. Mm-hmm. So so it. I mean. He knew it was it was shitty, and he did it because he needed to do it. That being, you know, that's like killing Dumbledore. He had to. Yeah, but that doesn't
2: necessarily make the act itself okay, because you're still talking to a student like that, and someone who is quite young. Of
1: course it's not okay, but the point is that it can't be okay. It has to be not okay. It has to be something that the Slytherin kids would go to their parents and say, oh, the the teacher is so awesome, look how he talked to that mudblood, and that that, you know, he would have to give Voldemort a memory.
3: But he also didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to say anything.
1: No, but he has to give Voldemort memories of himself being a particular way to prove his loyalty. You can't you can't be too careful here. There are bigger things to say. Just because there was a crowd of Watchers. And I know that he is an Aquaman, but not everyone else is.
2: Yeah, but I don't know that that would really benefit anything. Like, why would Voldemort want to see him... Like, one, being rude to school children. Like, I would think you would have better things to worry about than that. But then two, like, if you want your spy to keep his position, why would you want him behaving that way?
1: I think you don't, you can't take any chances. I think you have to have something to show. This is the person who threatened Quirrell and stopped him. And Voldemort might be actually thinking that they put him up to going to the potters and getting murdered and, you know, murdering himself. You just have to have something good to show. And if Harry had been at all able to trust Snape by the time Voldemort came back, then he would have said, hey, bring him. He had to thank the relationship without causing, without actually hurting Harry. It's, I think, and this is not to say that all of his comments are great. He has very shitty comments. Like, yeah, I, I could quote all of them, you know, pretty much by heart at this point. But this is the one that's so over the top. And, and it's so, I mean, this is definitely for the cover, this one. Let's talk about why. Let's talk about why he said they would bring whatever is left of whoever home in a matron to the dueling club because that was the greatest. That was just nasty. Oh, he Mm -hmm. said that about Neville. Yeah, and nobody cares about this. It's like I'm not saying he's not mean. Just this incident of mean is is so whatever. I still say it's bad, but that's just me.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I put gray, but maybe bad. I don't know.
1: I put it under good. It was it was necessary.
0: Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of Neville when you said, oh. you know, taking him home in a matchbox." It's I. I flipped back up there. No,
1: that's bad. That's bad. It's, why? Why? Why say that? A child would never duel before. Why do you expect him to? Yeah, but both of these are unnecessary and mean and bad.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You know, I see both of Megs and Danny. You're on the spreadsheet. If you want to add your votes, please do. Mm. And I might put this up on the website
1: you need to have it uh, later on too to, you know to make it more neutral so that they could say that uh, the worst thing ever is the poison Trevor. tremor mm-hmm.
0: yeah y- yeah they they you know he saved he saved the wizarding world but you can't you can't forgive him being a horrible teacher no which on the scale of things is so outsized
1: <laughs> well I mean when you know that canonically the incident with Trevor was domestic violence because they're obviously married so
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know you can say yeah he was a shitty teacher <laughs> or maybe he was a good teacher that was just shitty to people yeah. which I, I kind of lean that direction because all his students passed their owls
1: I mean the, the job the job was to get students to pass their exams and not let anyone die and in this way he outdid many others so there we are
0: Yeah. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of times when he was looking out for Harry, like that first Quidditch match when Quirrell was trying to, apparently it's only in the movie that he was muttering a counter curse.
1: No, it's in the book.
0: I thought it was, but okay, I I just read a secondary source that said it was only in the movie, but that didn't make sense, but you're right.
3: Okay. Yeah, something would have sparked, yeah, sparked Hermione to act, so he had to have been acting weird.
1: <laughs> no, she said he was keeping direct eye contact on him and that he had to, or that whatever, whatever. And, and then it's directly refuted by the way curses work in the rest of the book, but whatever.
0: Okay, well, I'm, I'm glad, thank you for correcting <laughs> me, because <laughs> I feel better about it now.
1: And and he said, he saved Neville this
0: Um. When was that?
1: You know, uh, stopping a student from suffocating him in front of Umbridge, no less, and sending him to the forest when in the seventh year. And All right. I think there was one time when, when he walked in on Ron threatening Neville um, or, or looking like he was about to threaten Neville and, and giving it and telling him to back off. Like we say that he only protected Harry. It's not true.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yes, and later when Neville's trying to steal the sword with Ginny. Yeah,
3: right.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, he sends him on on an easy detention rather than sending him to the caros for torture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chamber of Secrets. When Harry and Ron didn't show up on the train, he was, you know, basically frantically looking for them to, uh, trying to find them, basically. Yeah are so many examples of this mm-hmm. oh and teaching expel yarmus was a big one i mean gosh yeah a huge one because that was harry's go-to spell from then on mm-hmm. and i mean he used it ultimately uh, to defeat voldemort so
1: True.
0: that was a super good thing okay preserve azkaban he goes to the shrieking shack when he sees sirius there and the and the kids
2: oh yeah that's the big one like he was have been terrified yes <laughs> for sure like not only to like be going after them and it's like someone he thought was like a murderer and then like someone he knows is a werewolf like like not only going after the people he knows are there but also taking into account like that is the place where he almost
3: died <laughs> mm-hmm. with the people involved yeah
2: definitely so that man's got some guns and he went there to do a good thing. So,
1: yeah, excellent.
0: That is good. Yep, definitely good. Okay, Goblet of Fire, he...
1: But you are forgetting, you are forgetting, Outing Lupin, the worst crime against humanity ever.
0: Oh, 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 gosh. right.
3: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Outing mm-hmm. Lupin.
1: It's a murky one.
0: Personally, I think it was Grey. Yeah. I think that was a Grey. Because, I mean, he, otherwise, he would have remained a teacher. No, he wouldn't have the job with cursed. You could say he was the mode of the curse also. He,
1: de- he deserved, he deserved to be fired for withholding crucial information and physically endangering children.
2: Yes. Yeah, but he wasn't doing it for good noble reasons. Like he was doing it to be petty. Like did Lupin need to keep his job? No, but he wasn't like, I am doing this great noble thing in protecting these students. And he like, Lupin didn't have to leave that way either like he outed him to everyone that's not okay
0: (laughs) of course you know he had just gotten fucked over by Dumbledore
2: like it's understandable but it's not good
0: (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it was so I put it as gray
1: yeah I agree I put it as actually he had ample evidence against him at this point he could have sent Lupin to Azkaban so it's not great, but he also helped back and doing much worse. Yeah, and and he made the he made the potion for him, you know, months in, months out. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would help.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was good. Okay, I I didn't put that on there. Okay,
1: to be fair, there's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's
0: mean,
3: so, there's so many things. They're long he did. books. He's in it a lot. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, done a lot. Like there's no easy way to catch them all. Like what about keeping a secret for twenty years to begin with? Right. It's yes. Right. That's good it's Mm -hmm. outing in it's death and that's
0: good okay goblet of fire he goes to voldemort two hours late to fulfill his obligations to dumbledore and the
2: order like not only going back and knowing it's not going to be good but then going back late like showing up knowing knowing that he's
0: going to be
1: punished for it
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah that was i'm sure that was pretty awful
1: and and he saw Barty he saw Barty before, so for all he knew, he was literally going to get killed on, on the spot. He doesn't know what Barty said or didn't say.
0: Oh, that's true.
1: It's it's. I mean, for me, it's just legitimately dwarfs everything up until that point.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's he's taken on the protection of Harry as a replacement for his mother, and he's been doing this for a few years, and then he has to add being a Death Eater spy along with it. And yeah, it is just huge, like you say.
1: I mean, even I, I could argue that stepping in for Lily is, is the bare, I don't want to say bare minimum, but it's like, it, it's not so amazing because he's the one who, who eliminated her in the first place. So it's like...
0: It, that was something he had to do. You're
1: right. So, so it's good with an asterisk, but going back, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> going back is not good with an asterisk. It's just, it's more than anybody would have done. Mm-hmm. It's huge. Yeah.
0: Okay order of the phoenix he was he was in it a little bit more of course he's never in it enough of course he gives well he tries to teach harry occlumency and i'm gonna give him a gray here because he did such a horrible job of it Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) really not being able to get over
2: yeah i feel like he tried in so much as he showed up and like he tried to the extent that he could But there was just too much baggage there for him to really give it what he could, had he been teaching, say, Draco or anyone else that he didn't have that weird baggage with. So the fact that it was Harry, like it was good because it needed to be done and he showed up, like he did put some effort into it, but he couldn't stay level headed enough to do a good job with it. So I would agree that it's more of a good area.
3: Yeah, and I mean, equally d- difficult too. on Harry's point of view, he's dealing with Harry, who Harry is, this is his angsty book. I mean, he's being a, a dicky little kid too. So I mean, it's like Snape's only gonna have like, he's only going to have so much patience in this. Like, it's like, you're not taking this seriously. Why should I take this seriously? And it's just all around a bad situation, just bad choice, bad, <laughs> not good. But Dumbledore always makes great decisions. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> oh, you mean he's human too?
1: Just because you failed doesn't mean that, that you tried is not good. Yeah. He shouldn't have been so, I mean, maybe he had to be uh, a major asshole because you can't teach a fluency without provoking. Maybe it wasn't MS or something. Maybe that's how Dumbledore's that him. God knows. But but he tried. He tried it and He tried and failed. <laughs> yeah. Tried and failed too many things.
0: Okay. I still give him a gray on that one just because he did it so Yeah, I think it's gray. Um oh, what's the damn word? Poorly? <laughs> Poorly. With with regret what's the word Ugh, I can't think of the word. Dang it. Anyway, he did it in poor faith, I think. Yeah. I think we could say that okay he did give umbridge fake to serum
1: i have to say about a clemency though that oh um voldemort is literally there possibly watching it's
3: oh that's true yeah that's true that's true
1: but in in
2: that case why have him teach harry if it's that much of a risk and
1: I mean, it's it's he's on a razor's edge. It's not just being uh, testy because of emotional stress. It's literally. What are you going to do? Are you going to look like you're earnestly trying? It's really impossible. You can you can really go both ways with the interpretation here.
3: Oh, oh that's good. Yeah, because initially the reason why Dumbledore didn't do it, like he was he was avoiding Harry because he didn't want Voldemort to to get into like Dumbledore's space so it's like he's putting him in like yeah he's putting Severus at risk for a lot of things in this you know situation so yeah I think it's definitely a a line of him playing a part and yet you know showing that he's attempting to appease two powerful people and it's that's really hard to do you know at the same time so yeah
1: And he runs in the middle of the class to help somebody who is screaming, and it ends up trelawny, but he does it. I mean, he does many things, but oh. most of them are good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Oh, we forgot him going up four flights of stairs to, uh, or five. I don't. And gobblet of fire when he Harry drops the egg. He's like up there in his gray nightshirt and mm-hmm. no time flat. He must have the greatest glutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> running a hippogriff, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So so yeah, he did give Umbridge fake. I call it veritas serum. Um, or is invino veritas? I don't. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, yeah. So when a time when Harry's in deep, he fakes it so he can, you know, not tell the truth. And good. and then when he finds out, you know, that the kids are going to go to the ministry, they, he alerts the Order of the Phoenix.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did what he needed to do.
0: And he told Sirius not to go, and Sirius did, so I think that was a good thing, but... <laughs>
3: Sirius, being the impulsive man that he is, is absolutely going to listen to yes, <laughs> every yes. name, no matter how rational of mm-hmm. a suggestion it is. I mean, yeah. even disrespects Dumbledore. Like, so it's what are you going to do? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And that takes us to Half Blood Prince. And first, he saves Dumbledore by containing the curse and slowing it down, which, of course, is a good thing. Yeah, Yeah. give some time to plan
3: their strategy and prepare and we start seeing some of his like emotional attachment to dumbledore too because he's very upset he's like how could you be like how could you do this like you're smarter than this and it was very like unsettling to him that this happened and now like and he's aware that it's like there's only slowing this like your death is imminent like we just maybe give you some extra time And we start seeing him have like some real compassion and emotion for someone who doesn't necessarily deserve it. But he's, you know, he's frustrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: it's a very human thing. Like you're seeing the humanity and the connection to other people and having care for that.
0: So that's good, of course. And then he kills Dumbledore.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's something I think that damned him in the wizarding world from then on. But
3: yeah, but did so much good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's what needed to be done. Dumbledore was dying anyway. It saved his cover. It, he he saved Draco's soul, which was also on there. Like there was so much good that came from doing it, even if initially it obviously
1: looks very bad.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sacrificed a lot by that choice.
1: It's, it's one of I think it's more possibly the bravest thing that anybody has done in this book series, in my opinion, and because it looks so bad it, it, it shines brighter because you don't do things to look good
2: and that's the thing is like he's also like you know when Dumbledore's talking about you know saving Draco's soul and it's like well what about my soul like he obviously has some view of it as being like this is murder this is wrong you know this is killing but knowing it needs to be done and willing to risk his own soul and his reputation and the way people see him and feel about him like it's huge risk Yes, Mm -hmm. But it was something he's willing to do, because brave and, at heart, a good person who's doing the best he can. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And yeah, so saving Draco's soul is another good thing he did in in that process. Okay, then, in Deathly Hallows, he's a headmaster, and he does all he can to protect the students.
3: Yeah. Well, even going back to backing up a little bit, the fact that he took the unbreakable vow (gasps) to protect Draco. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's huge. That's something that it's like, literally his life is on the line. And even if he knew that it was something that he was going to have to do anyway, he still obviously had Draco's, you know, he wanted to do it for Draco and knew he would do whatever it took, you know, for whatever the reasons. But that was something that obviously he took very seriously because it's another thing that he knew going in was a way that he could die if he failed. But he did it anyway.
1: It was still a very risky thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And and I mean I think that because specifically it would have been so hard to resist the way nurses pleaded with him because it might have reminded him of Willie. I mean a mother like a mother's love he might have held it sacred or mm-hmm. something yeah. like that. And in any case, I mean he was going to do it anyway. But then agreeing to reassure her in that way that was not necessary. And then he stared. You know he stopped the carols I think it was from using the Cruciatus and Harry.
3: Yeah, leave him for the Dark Lord. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's not just about sparing people' death; yes, it's about pain, also. And and I think it's more than anybody has done for him.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because what's a little bit of torture? It's not gonna kill him. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. still alive. They're not killing him, but they're just yeah. He's still yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, just fulfilling like his task. It wasn't necessary. Mm-hmm.
0: And then he protects the students from the Carrows when he's headmaster as much as he can and maintain his cover.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's obviously not perfect because,
2: you know, he's got to protect his cover and they're death eaters. Like he can only do so much, but the fact that he's still putting in effort to do what he can to minimize damage while he's there, while under so much stress and trying to run the school and also being a death eater, like it was a lot. And he was still taking that extra time and care and thought into doing as much as he possibly could even if it wasn't perfect because he does still have to worry about his cover so it was another huge thing is every time he did try to minimize it that was still risky to do but he still saw it as being worth it and doing it anyway
1: yeah there was watching a charity get murdered and eaten and trying to save lupin and it's it's like walking such a fine line mm-hmm. yeah. yeah where we see that he tries whenever he can, and not trying when he can't. Even though it must have been excruciating.
0: Yeah, um, delivering the sword to Harry. Yeah, yeah. And somewhere, I it might be Fanon that maybe he summoned Ron in some way. Oh, I think that's. <laughs> nah. I think that's a thick. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> 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 that was just very fortuitous that Jan Ron showed up because because of the yeah, uh, yeah Horcrux on. Harry's neck
1: and then he probably skipping over a thing or two here but I mean the way he sent he went to uh to the to the Shrieking Shad before he did not die I mean assuming that there is this theory that he was playing both sides which I, I find just ridiculous yeah because because there is really nothing I mean his role was to look as though he were playing both sides but then once, once Dumbledore was dead, he had absolutely nothing to gain from, from not going, you know, not going back in earnest to Voldemort. And then what he did, assuming that Harry had stayed dead and that he had survived, and he did not know that he would be murdered, he did not know that Harry would come back, although I have a theory that he did, but that's neither here nor there. That is, I mean, that, that is how you get at the kiss. It's not how you end up looking the hero. It's, it's like, it's bearing your reputation for good. Just, you know, uh, the contingency that, you know, I never survived. Harry's dead. I somehow, and, and the war is won, and Voldemort is defeated, and now what? So it's like you have people who say that he was trying to salvage his reputation, but they just don't see it. And, and even then, how is it so bad?
0: And I think, and I hate to, you know, bring in ex- extra canon stuff, but uh, in Cursed Child, I think he was still working for the good as much as he could in in his position. Uh, that's a world where the Dark Lord won and Harry died.
1: I mean, the Dark Lord wins. Uh, if if Snape doesn't do anything after killing Dumbledore, then that's it. It's over. I think mean, Voldemort is effectively won at this point. Whatever anybody knows, I mean, Harry's world, Voldemort is not. So it was crucial that that, you know, that Voldemort would try to kill Harry and that Harry would go willingly. That was how the war was won. And this would not have happened. It's not for, you know, it's not for, Snape. No Dumbledore did not trust anyone. It did not for McGonagall. Nobody knew this. So that speaks to how much he trusted him. That, you know, the, the last piece of the puzzle was in this person's hands. And otherwise it would have been, it would have been lost. So that's saving the world.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn it. He could have put a curtain up over Dumbledore's portrait, like... Well Berga style. <laughs> you <know>? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm done with you. <laughs> oh, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then when he goes to the shriek and check, he doesn't tell Voldemort that no, it was Draco who who disarmed Dumbledore. So
1: right. Or anybody else, like just innocent someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or random death eater. Just say it's not me. Mm-hmm. Right
0: so yeah i mean that speaks to his bravery definitely and i think it was a good thing you know because then voldemort didn't go for draco anyway but in the end he oh harry shows up while he's dying and he's able to give him the memories that he needs Mm -hmm. to uh to truly defeat voldemort
1: and can i say that the act of giving him the memories is so good because not all of them were necessary i mean only i think three of them were were necessary just to win the war but then here is your mother and i took the picture and blah 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 it, it's it's giving the, the kid something that he never had and that i took it from you and, and here is your mother's legacy mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah that's true
1: and it's you know it's something definitely
0: yeah so okay that's pretty much everything on the list i think early on things were Maybe more neutral as far as what he did. Some were good, some were bad. Mm-hmm. Some
3: were definitely bad. <laughs> but... He's just as complex as when we started. <laughs> yes. So,
0: yeah. But in the long run, I think the good he did outweighed the bad. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's corruption to redemption all the way. There is no arguing this, in my opinion, that, that he went bad and then went good. Mm-hmm. He redeemed himself, Yes
3: and his existence i mean throughout his entire lifetime like he atoned again and again and again by what he had to like live in his day to day life and so as much as people believe he could you know deserved such and such it's like he carried those burdens and lived through a lot of traumatic things his entire lifetime so he's he's got he's got a lot going on <laughs>
1: Yeah
2: I think he's a really complex person and there was just a lot to it and a lot of it you can always understand where it all came from and at the end of the day he was still like bitter like he still was not you know this great saintly person always doing and saying the right things but at the end of the day he was still doing what was right and giving as much of himself as he could and I think at the end of the day that's a very good thing. He's a very gray character. But at the end of the day, he did very good things. And he was still at the end, a hero.
3: And see how easy it is for us to acknowledge all of this without, like, it's so easy for people are like, oh, he's bad. And just like, just hold on to that. So desperately. It's like, we're not making excuses for this guy either. Like, we're, <laughs> we're acknowledging everything from good to flaws and problems and... That's what makes him so interesting. That's why he's, like, such a great character.
1: I don't know. I I rather think that I I just put it under good, like, under very good, just because I know that I would not have been nearly as good and probably would have ended up much worse. Uh, Just, Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) If, If you compare within the books and in my own life, I don't, I mean, I really don't think that anyone that... Most people, I think, are good and would not have done it, and, and they don't know that you can do it. I mean, obviously, he's an asshole, and I don't think that somebody that cares what people think of him could have done this. So, like, the virtue of being polite and nice and kind would have gotten in the way, because we don't see Arthur Weasley doing this for Hagrid. And, and they are great, and they're not bad, but their good is limited. Mm-hmm. because they care about it. they don't want to give up their their career and family and their original inspiration so they don't they are willing to die, but they're not willing to be uh ostracized so this is like the, the bad could be gratuitous and it could be uh unnecessary but so the good as well
2: yeah i just think he's a very human person and that's what makes him one a much more interesting person because You're not sitting here trying to paint your hero as this perfect person because he's not. He's human and humans are good things and bad things. And it's a lot more complicated than that. And he's a complicated person and humanity is complicated. But the fact that he can be all of those things and still choose to do right says more than anything it says more than someone who does all of the right things all the time making that right choice that's easy for someone like that and it's not as easy for someone who is a lot more comp complicated than that
1: yeah I mean, let's say Arthur, I think he's a legitimately good guy all around, and he's always standing up for what's right, and he sacrifices, you know, his career progress and all of that, but he has allies and family and friends and a very full life, and say that he wants to, to be a particular way, that he wants, he can't do much better, and Charity also, she is incredible, mm-hmm. he stands up for what's right, very dangerous, very bravely and very publicly, and it doesn't do anything, so. So we need the person who can stand to watch somebody that they called the friend get murdered and even murder their own friend to to accomplish something in the world where, you know, where it's controlled by someone evil.
0: Oh, and he also, the mudblood thing, he kind of redeemed himself a little bit there because when Phineas Black's portrait said said that, he said, don't say
2: that word.
1: thought so it was such stone fading, but then it turned out that it's not succeeding enough for some people. But yeah, so like, I think that the good and the better are so tied up because somebody, quote unquote, better would not have accomplished as much because they want to live, They want they want to stand up for what's right publicly and, and denounce, you know, and denounce your blood, whatever, in the Daily Prophet and get murdered pointlessly and right and die for no reason. So
0: whereas being. Being more gray character, he is yeah able to span these different worlds basically.
1: Yeah, I think that it's really I really love Marty Crowe Jr. I think he's the best daddy of all of them, and he says that you have to know how they think, you have to know what you're up against, you have to you have to know how the dark wizards are, and then and that's. and let's say that Moody would have been the same kind of person, the real Moody, and this is how he put half of them in prison, so this is how he accomplished a great deal, by knowing how they are, and being able to, to internalize the, their point of view. And so in the end, it turned out that a very, very evil guy could impersonate him perfectly because it's not actually that simple. Good and bad can look the same. Mm-hmm. True. So I, I really think that Moody, Moody slash Garty, is an important character for understanding all this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, gosh, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. <laughs> so took us long enough, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry I talked so much.
0: No, it's no, great. No, that's why you're our guest, because we want your, your <laughs> viewpoints on things.
1: Yeah. Can I promote my, my Tumblr and my AO3? Absolutely. So I have a Tumblr and an AO3. And uh, I post a lot of my bullshit theories <laughs> in there and speculations. Um, so it's pet genius pet underscore genius. I'm not sure if it's an underscore in Tumblr, but that's definitely what I would say. Mm-hmm. And all of my thoughts are, are there.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll link that on our website.
1: Thank you. And Thank you so much. Yeah.
0: And that reminds me, we also have a few thick rips. So if anybody needs to leave right now, that's okay. I know Megs, you have a show coming up that you need to do.
3: Yeah, I'll. Yeah, I'll. I should probably peace out. But thank you so much, Pet Genius. This was just this was great. You, <laughs> thank you. love it. You. And Danny and Cat. It's it's been Hi, a while. Mate. It was a lot of fun. So oh, thank you. <laughs> all right, I will talk to you all later. All righty. Bye.
1: Bye. 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 Okay. Yeah, I have to piece out in a couple of minutes as well, but oh, okay. I want to hear what.
0: Okay, I just have some that feature a morally gray Snape. Okay, the first is "This Shadow in the Soul" by April Feldspar. It's a Hermione work in progress.
1: I never heard of that
0: one. After barely surviving Nagini's bite, Snape finds himself cast in a marriage of convenience with Hermione Granger of all people. Could it be just unfortunate circumstance? Or the beginning of something more. Oh. Okay, the next one. And I've read this and I highly recommend it. The first part is called Ab Intra. And Ab Extra is the one that is still in progress, but is almost completed. Might be complete by the time this, this show airs, actually.
2: Fingers crossed. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it's, it's a snary. It's great. Severus Snape has been in prison for the past six years. But it's not what you think. Life in Azkaban is never boring. And then Harry Potter starts visiting. Okay, so that's that's Ab Intra. Ab Extra, after seven years in Azkaban, Severus is finally free, unemployed and homeless in a world that has moved on without him. He has no other choice but to try and rebuild his life from the ground up. In the process, he will have to endure a cursed apartment that breaks its own furniture for fun, a remarkably round owl called Brittany Spears, and Harry Potter, who's obsessed (laughs) with the potion that does not exist and has a soft spot for floral patterns and nail polish. And it is so good. Uh, Canon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, then Escapism by Once Upon the Tides. Uh, this is another snowmine
1: Wait, I, I have to recommend something, and then I have to go. I have to go, but I have to recommend. Okay, so Everything everything by Maria de Salinas, but I specifically uh, am reading right now um, The Bull and Cross, but the prequel I read through the end, and it is it has a very great, like, realistically and in-character, Gray Snape, and it's just one of the best six that I've read. Um, and so is The Bowen Cross and Everything by Maria de Selling Us. It's very in character, in my
0: opinion. Oh, that sounds great.
1: And very morally gray.
0: Which is so interesting. So I, uh,
1: thank yeah. you for having me. Yes. Thank you, thank you
0: Pet Genius. I'll talk to you soon, hopefully. Okay. Take care.
1: I hope so too. It was fun. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.
0: Okay. I just have a few more here Escapism by Once Upon the Tides. Is a Hermione work in progress? Time, space, magic, and even fate are all relative. Whenever Snape is thrust into a situation where he learns this very quickly, can he stay in control? Will he want to? Hermione's life has set her on one chaotic ride after another. What's one more? Okay, and then changing the world always starts with ourselves. By Pekuai I think that's a snack. A 10-year-old Severus Snape finds by accident his mother's old trunks from her Hogwarts years. With no love lost for his parents and with a wine, books, and an isolated life, he spends his days studying and practicing charms and spells that can give him some comfort, changing the way he lives and enjoy his life. Watch him grow up into a different person, influence the people around him, change the future of the world, create a new era for potion studies, but still killing people with his snarky mouth. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, it sounded like fun, I thought. Yeah. Okay. So Danny, thank you for joining us. I really appreciated your input.
2: Sure. Thanks for having me.
0: You bet. All righty. We'll talk to you again. We got we got a, a hairy thing coming up or snary. Sorry.
2: Nice.
0: We got a snarey show coming up, people. So
2: I know I'm excited for it.
0: And then a snowmiony at at some point also too. So okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this discussion as much as we did. Thanks again to Pet Genius for appearing on the show and giving us some awesome meta. Thanks also to Dan Puff and Megs for the great insight and laughs. Check out our Fickrex page on our website at snitchatpodcast.com. And here we must say goodbye. We wish we didn't have to, but it hasn't escaped our notice that life isn't fair. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Tumblr and Twitter, email us or leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. Support us on coffee to help defray costs of production. Many thanks to Nix for continued work on our website at snakechatpodcast.com. Be sure to check out the Care of Magical Shippers podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay snarky.